This is part one of Do It Right with UV Light. Hello everyone, I'm Mike Urbans and welcome to It's Your Water. I'm glad you found us. Today, our special guest is Jesse Rodriguez of Aqua Treatment Service in Mechanicsburg. One of their specialties is the manufacturing of UV lights for residential, commercial, industrial water treatment. Today, we want to find out what is UV light and how does it work. Uh, Try to take the mystery out of it and see how everybody here listening can apply it properly. That's our goal. And you're about to find out. And welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, yeah. I always ask these people these questions. Same question. How'd you get started in the business? I kind of know, but share that with our people out there. Well, I've been in water treatment for over 30 years now. I started out with a company called Aquafine Ultraviolet, who's now known by Viqua. And I worked at that company, and uh, from there I owned a UV manufacturer called Ideal Horizons out of Vermont. And we manufactured ultraviolet equipment for multiple years, and we were purchased by a company called Wetico out of Germany. And from there, I moved on to Aqua Treatment Service. And I've been at Aqua Treatment for about 14 years now. And I came to Aqua Treatment to assist them in their ultraviolet manufacturing and branch out to new UV disinfection marketplace. Yeah, so that's interesting. It's good to know the pedigree of our speakers, and uh, that's a steep pedigree, so that's really neat. Yeah, and I've worked with state and federal agencies on the uh, ultraviolet equipment design and application of ultraviolet for many, many years. And you've helped me. You've helped me out immensely with that one job that we were doing in New Jersey. So that was huge. Your experience with state and federal just to get things passed. But when did ATS, I call you ATS, Aqua Treatment Service, uh, ATS uh, Manufacturing, when when did they start? I, around when you came on board or earlier? Well, they actually started earlier. ATS is a family-owned business owned by the Filsons. John Filson founded the company, and it's now currently run by Rob Filson. And his sons are on board, Justin and Connor Filson, as well as his daughter. So it's, it's, it's a good family business, and most of our management have been there for over 30 years. So since the 1980s, Aqua Treatment Services has manufactured its own line of ultraviolet disinfection equipment. Uh-huh. But you took them to the next level. (laughs) Well, I helped them design a new line of residential UVs, commercial UVs. And lately we've been designing and installing municipal drinking water and municipal wastewater ultraviolet. Wow. Yeah. I think most of our fans out there, our listeners... They do the residential, and they'll get into the uh, commercial. And as you know, with my one application where we needed the state approval 
and all the accoutrements that go monitoring the special lights, the special UV bulbs that go with it for public water. Yes. Well, none of our, I don't think much of our guys get into the big municipal wastewater stuff, but, but it's neat to talk about. But really, we're here to take some of the mystery out. That's what I do with this podcast. Make people comfortable with technology, bring in an expert like you, and tell us, how does the ultraviolet light, it's always been kind of mind-boggling for me that water passes by a chamber in a court sleeve, and then they have a bulb in there, and how does it fry the bugs? <laughs> you know, tell us in, in technical terms how it really works. Okay, let's try to break this down. First of all, ultraviolet's an approved method of water disinfection. And what we do with ultraviolet is we attack the microorganisms, the disease-causing bacteria and viruses in the water supply. So ultraviolet is part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Everyone's seen a rainbow in the sky after it rains mm -hmm. beautiful rainbow with reds yellows greens and purples well ultraviolet is on the other side of the visible light between the visible light and x-rays is ultraviolet spectrum hmm. and that's the sun's disinfection for the water and the earth what we do is take that disinfection wavelength which is 254 nanometers it's called the germicidal action curve it's the wavelengths in the electromagnetic spectrum that are absorbed by microorganisms and it destroys the cell wall of the microorganism hitting the dna breaking it down effectively destroying it or killing the microorganism. What we do is mechanically take that wavelength and produce an ultraviolet light. That light is essentially a quartz tube with filaments, like your standard light bulb in your house that has filaments. Yeah. And we put in a triple mix of, of gases, including it's what's called a trimix. And it's sealed at certain pressures and there's a small amount of mercury in that tube which when excited by electricity through the filaments forms a mercury vapor line which is the 254 nanometer wavelength so we take an ultraviolet lamp and it produces a specific amount of uv light energy the lamp emits UV light 360 degrees all around the lamp, but its energy zone is at a certain distance from the lamp, and that depends on how much UV watts the lamps put out at a specific distance. And we measure that energy, and we break it down from the farthest distance to the energy at the wall of the lamp. So a typical zone for UV dose, if you will, is somewhere between two and a half, three-inch area from the lamp wall. Okay. And we encase that in a quartz sleeve to protect it 
the lamp from the water because it is an electronic device. Right. So it's electrified. It's electrified. And then that is sealed inside a ultraviolet chamber. And that chamber is typically manufactured out of stainless steel, 304, 316 stainless steel, uh, and sealed. And water passes through a inlet, comes in the chamber, spins around the ultraviolet lamp, exposed to ultraviolet energy, and kills the bacteria before it goes out the UV chamber outlet. A typical residential chamber is only, you know, I've seen them, what, 14 inches to 22 inches in length, just to give people a perspective of what we're talking about here. Correct. In its simplest terms, it's a stainless steel pipe about 22, some are as long as 36 inches. And an average unit, a typical household unit, would be about 14 to 20 inches long and has a one-inch inlet or outlet. And as the water passes through and goes out the other side, we determine the dose that's applied based upon the flow rate going through the contact chamber exposed to ultraviolet light. And that flow rate is designated based upon the amount of UV energy that's exposed in that chamber and the contact time in seconds, or GPM, evaluated as retention time, flow, GPM in seconds. Right. And we trust our engineering friends at ATS to steer us to the right size that we need. Of course, we can, we're going to discuss that a little bit later in other questions, but... Yeah, it's the contact time, the amount of light, the amount of energy. But in simple terms, it's really this bright light in a stainless steel pipe. And that, I'm not you know, making it seem trivial, but it is pretty neat technology. But it's pretty cool, I think, how it does work and how bright that light is. And that, is that light harmful to look at? Well, it- in fact, it, it can be. If you have direct exposure to the light itself over time, it will hurt your eyes. People that have experienced this would feel a uh, sandy or burning sensation to their eyes. So it's always important when you're working on a system that you turn off the power before working on it and wear safety glasses that are UV light rated safety glasses. We discussed this a little bit, but what makes like a higher quality UV light versus some other things that we've seen out in the marketplace? What what should somebody really look for in a quality, say residential UV light when they're buying out there? Okay, so the the key aspects, there's four aspects in ultraviolet design, the lamp itself. So how many UV watts does the lamp have? How much exposure does it have? Intensity, output, the ballast, how the ballast interacts with the lamp. There are several different types of ballast. Mostly you want to look at an electronic ballast. The chamber itself how it's manufactured, is it convenient for installation with the inlet and outlet designs, 
And does it come with a type of UV monitor? Typical monitors would be a lamp out alarm or a timer that gives you the lamp hours and a UV sensor. And, you know, and the alarm is important because no light, no bacteria side, you know, so it goes out on a power failure, say this is what can happen on a residential, I mean, residential well water is they have a big tank full of pressure, their electricity goes out, and suddenly they're, of course, their UV light goes off. But they could still have maybe 15 gallons of drawdown of untreated water come out of their big pressure tank before they realize, uh-oh, that's untreated water. Yep. So that's a scary thing. So people put solenoids, right, into these things that will literally shut their water off if the bulb goes out. Correct. There's a option for a normally closed solenoid that would be installed on the UV outlet side so that if a UV lamp goes out or your power gets shut down, it would shut off that solenoid valve, preventing any untreated water going past the solenoid valve. And then once you get power restored or change out the UV lamp, the UV light would come on, but only when the UV has reached its warm-up period and enough UV dose will it recognize that by the control panel and open that solenoid valve. Yeah. Well, the solenoids are important. Monitoring is important because it is a light bulb that warms up and takes care of our bugs, and it could be possibly in our water, but has there been any like big improvements over the years? I've seen ballast technology and some bulb technology change. What are the improvements we've seen over the years? Yeah, so over the years, ultraviolet disinfection has advanced greatly. The ultraviolet lamp itself has been designed now to last longer, in essence, under various operating conditions where before voltage changes would affect the lamp and the filaments would typically burn out, where now the filaments are triple coiled monofilament connections and they, they last through the lamp life typically. And the electronic ballasts have really increase the ability to stabilize the current, the electricity going to the UV lamp. The ballast, what they do is they take the electrical current and they boost it up to start the lamp to get it fired and produce the ultraviolet light energy. And then once the lamp is lit, it controls itself and stabilizes the current to the lamp so you maintain the optimum operating output of the UV lamp over the lamp's life. And it doesn't send too much or too little. It gives you the exact operating current you need to keep the lamp at its best operating value for disinfection. Yeah, I've seen them. They're kind of like the old ballast. were almost like the ones you saw on a fluorescent lamp when you took your fixture down, you'd see that big black ballast in there. 
And it's kind of the same thing. They've all flipped over to electronic ballast. So I guess that's what happened in your industry, too. Exactly. The ballasts now allow you to not only monitor the current, but the lamp life and to give you better understanding of the intensity output and the overall conditions of the installations where before you had to have a certain voltage now you can have what's called a universal ballast that allows you to go anywhere from 110 volts to 240 volts wow where before you had to have two separate ballasts and so forth now it seems like the whole world is flipping over to led is that affecting your industry i've seen little things out there with led uv i mean how does that work Yeah, I've been following LEDs for quite a number of years, and essentially they're producing LED lights that have the germicidal spectrum. The key is they currently make LED lights in a string of what look like photocells, and each one of those cells only has a specific amount of UV energy output. Right. And they're very directional. They go, for example, straight forward or straight up or straight down, depending on how you position that. I have yet to find an LED for a whole house, for example, that has enough power to do 8, 10, 20 GPM. Currently, where you see the LEDs are in point-of-use for example, faucets or refrigerators, things of that nature. And that's typically one gallon per minute or less. Okay. They're getting there. They're getting there. I think within the next five years, you'll see it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, just to see how things ebb and flow in the industry. And, but now that we're talking about dose and, you know, it's how you dose this water with light. What is the difference between like a standard residential UV dose and say the NSF well, National Safety Foundation UV dose for as they call it four log virus killing? What is the difference there and how do you achieve like they call it four log and what is four log by the way if yeah. you can tell us? Well, first of all, every microorganism uh, requires a specific amount of ultraviolet light energy values for complete destruction based on the type of organism such as e coli cryptosporidium giardia and these microorganisms or viruses can be reduced by one log which is 90 percent reduction two log would be 99 three log but 99.9 percent and four log would be 99.99 percent reduction Uh so essentially you have to have increased amounts of uv dose to achieve the higher log reductions for the microorganism that's targeted yeah so getting to how this was determined Back in the early 80s, the UV dose requirement was 
two log or 99% reduction of E. coli coliform bacteria. And E. coli and coliform take about six millijoules to eight millijoules of UV dose to destroy it. So if you wanted to get over 90%, for example, 99% reduction, you would take that six to eight and basically double it to get that UV dose amount. Okay. So essentially it would take 12 to 18 millijoules to give you a two log and UV manufacturers determined that they wanted a safety factor on top of that for various water quality fluctuations. And they determined a value of 30 millijoules or 30,000 microwatts, it's known as, for UV disinfection. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy. And they compensated for loss of UV transmission in water, which is known as UVT or ultraviolet, the ability for light to transmit through water, ultraviolet transmission. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't interrupt you because my brain works that way, but you can actually test water for UVT, right? Correct. And what it is is a test. You can purchase a ultraviolet test kit. They are available through the marketplace. And what that is is a small ultraviolet light placed at a certain distance from a test cell. And you calibrate that with high-purity water, such as RODI water, at 100%. For example, ultraviolet light transmits, let's say, 100% in air. There's not much to interfere with the light transmission. DIRO water is about 98 to 99% ultraviolet transmission. And a typical clear, fresh well water would be somewhere between 94% to 96% ultraviolet transmission. And to give you an idea, the typical wastewater treatment facility you have in your local community would be about 65% ultraviolet transmission when the water is ready for discharge. So the cleaner the water, the better the ability for light to transmit through it. Yeah, I always say you need clean, bacteria-full water, <laughs> clean, dirty water to go through clean a UV. Yeah. <laughs> 